0: Welcome to Digital Squared, a podcast that explores the implications of living in an increasingly digital world. We're on a mission to inspire our listeners to use technology and data for good. Your host, Tom Andriola, is the Vice Chancellor for Information Technology and Data and Chief Digital Officer at the University of California at Irvine. Join us as Tom and fellow leaders discuss the technological, cultural, and societal trends that are shaping our world. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Kevin Hart, Senior Vice President of Strategic Development and Technology for Kaiser Permanente in Northern California. Kevin is a seasoned healthcare executive, change strategist, and technology innovator. He has been at the forefront of healthcare transformation, bringing business, technology, and innovation together to solve complex problems at scale. Together, we discuss his work in creating inclusive healthcare spaces for all patients, leveraging technology with human-centered design, and what it means to serve communities the way they want to be served. Kevin is an inspiring leader that transcends his industry and one we can all learn from. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Welcome, Kevin Hart. Hey there, Tom. Good to be here. Excellent. So, Kevin, how have you brought your unique blend of expertise and experiences into this role you have at
1: Kaiser? Well, Tom, I, I, as you know, I, I go back to sort of my days as an engineer uh, working at Bechtel in the big design construction firm. And, and that sort of background helped me to understand how to solve problems at scale. And it was on a global scale, but it also allowed me to get that understanding of both the business and technology and integrate it together to be innovative in solving problems. Then I go from that experience to as an entrepreneur, trying to start my own companies, doing several startups with friends and colleagues that got me that whole focus on the integrated team and the value of everybody on the team to commit to a goal and go get it done. And then finally, in my experience at kaiser permanente starting in national facilities where i got to be a part of a team that built 27 hospitals and more than 100 medical office buildings you got to see the end-to-end business from the health plan side the clinical care side and then how it all shows up and the human-centered design that was used to develop the spaces integrated with the technology and then that led me to my current role uh, as a strategist, understanding how we get to the future of health and Kaiser
0: Permanente's role in that. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes and listening to some of the things that, that, that you've said or that you've written is, you know, I believe that innovation is not about appointing an innovation officer. It's about creating an innovative culture. Can you expand on that? Because I just love that statement. Yeah. I mean, the realities that I, at least I've found in my
1: career of innovation is the folks who do it every day, and enabling them, creating environments for them to think about the possible. What could I? What might I? How could that be better? And if you have folks that sort of do the job every day, and then you create the environment where you expose them to different things, they themselves could say, ooh, they did this in high tech. Why can't we do this in healthcare? Oh, they did that in heavy construction. Why can't I do that in high tech? Oh, they did that right uh, in, in finance. Why can't I do that? So that environment that opens up the aperture of everybody doing the work and then giving them the space to say, you know what? We all like to be successful. We all don't like to fail, but the right types of failure creates the opportunity for the future. And I think that environment breeds innovation where everybody feels
0: valued and appreciated for bringing their thoughts to the table. I love that. That's fantastic. So, I mean, Kaiser to me, you know, when you say innovation at scale, you know, Kaiser to me is a great example of that in, in our healthcare industry. I've always been impressed by both the simplicity, but also the consistency of the thrive initiative right and i'm kind of curious how has kevin been able to put some of his fingerprints on thrive whether it's in a design capacity or an implementation capacity
1: sure i think that you know me personally bringing sort of my full life experiences to work every day and being at kaiser permanente for 17 years i bring my full authentic self to Kaiser Permanente every day. And when I think about Thrive, I think about total health. I think people living their best lives and I think health equity. And as an African-American man and growing up in Baltimore City and having two black male sons, understanding disparity and understanding what it means to walk down the street not knowing if you're accepted or worrying about whether you're going to live or die, that ability to make sure that everybody feels like they don't have to deal with that when they come to Kaiser Permanente is sort of my personal imprint on Thrive. So creating opportunities through the way we design buildings or leverage technologies or the teams that we hire that interface with the wonderful patients and members and communities we serve so that you create this open environment that values every human being is how i bring my personal peace to what i like to say
0: thrive and its evolution to total health so you know this is you know something that what you've just said is powerful it is also I find an organizational challenge to try to bring it every day. Let's I mean, talk to me a little bit about the conversations inside Kaiser, right? Uh, both headwinds and tailwinds of actually bringing that to fruition, right? Because we need to do a better job in healthcare as a right for everyone, quality healthcare for everyone. That's it's true. also a challenge that we find in our industry of diversifying our workforces to yeah. be representative of, you know, the, the colors and shapes that we see in society.
1: Yeah and 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 I love the way that uh, our CEO Greg Adams talks about it every day, which is we have more than two hundred thousand employees at Kaiser Permanente. and when we talk about equity, diversity, inclusion, equity, and the most important thing, the belonging, right? Making that a priority of what we do aligned to our mission, and then providing training and development over 200,000 people to make that at the Forefront and then actually looking at multiple levels of the organization and then looking in the communities that we serve and then understanding where there are gaps and opportunities for those folks in that community to be a part of our not only workforce but our leadership team. And then by leading every day in and sort of ethical and in a culturally sensitive way, so you serve the communities the way they want to be served is sort of how, as part of the mission and the DNA of Kaiser Permanente, that we go about it every day. It's not always easy. It is difficult. And at the same time, I think the mission and the wonderful people that work with Kaiser Permanente and the reason why I stayed for 17 years, uh, there's joy to just go through that tough journey together because the
0: outcome is just amazing. So there's, you know, you just said something there that has always stood out to me, you know, and I've been a Kaiser customer, you know, several times over the course of my my adult life. You know, uh the way that patients want to be served, right, is something that really kind of stands out. I mean, there's a lot of players in healthcare that really kind of push back on. You can't use traditional CRM thinking. And Kaiser to me has been absolutely very adoptive of, of that type of thinking. So as you think about, you know, some of Kaiser's focus, right? Uh, Thrive is about being well, staying well, and then if you need the healthcare system or the care system support you, it's there for you, whether it's with Kaiser or through one of its partners. Where's Kaiser going in the next couple of years as we continue to face huge challenges in in the healthcare ecosystem in our country here?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say, Tom, that over the next couple of years, and and we started this uh, even prior to the pandemic, but that mission around affordable, high quality with outstanding outcomes as well as exceptional experience for all is where we're going. And that exceptional experience piece and that affordability piece is really key. And aligned with that affordability and exceptional experience is the health equity piece. The fact that African-American moms, have lower mortality than any other moms is something that we have the power to change. And as we think about affordable, high quality care, that equitable care that goes to that exceptional experience has to be at the forefront. And so when we think about the next couple of years, one of the things we've learned from the pandemic is that the preventative care works And when you have those couple of years where people are afraid to come in because of the pandemic and they don't get that preventative care, there are more things wrong with them. And so it requires actually more care because they were afraid to come in because they didn't want to catch COVID. So now getting back and getting even further upstream of that preventative care in terms of total health, the physical and mental health. That's the behavioral health as well, and don't forget about the environment when you talk about the social determinants of health—where you live, whether you have a roof, whether you have food. So those things are even more prominent now that we've been through the last three years than they were uh, prior to the pandemic.
0: Yeah, what I mean, what are the key lessons for Kaiser, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic? And then I'll, I'll say, put it in two, put it in two contexts, right? The context of and maybe you just answered this a little bit with the context of health delivery and healthcare wellness. And then the second part is technology's potential role to deliver great care and to make it equitable care for everyone. I'd be interested in kind of what Kaiser's lessons learned for three years.
1: Sure, I think one of the things that, you know, the entire healthcare system learned is that going fully digital is not the answer. Right. Everybody did what they had to do, but then to the wave happened and then it receded. And then what came out of that wave of everybody having to be virtual because we couldn't be in person is just understanding the journey of any person when they're getting their health care. And when we look at it as Kaiser Permanente, that journey includes the insurance part, the hospital part, the clinic part you need skilled nursing, the home care, so that end to end piece. And then how do you have the right combination of I have to say virtual and physical, the in-person plus the consumer choice for virtual when they need it or when they have it so that now you get that exceptional experience and you do that in a very equitable way. So in communities where they can't afford broadband, and you know this well, Tom, how do you ensure that they get that same experience and that same care? So that combination of the physical and the virtual is something that is at the forefront uh, as we come through the pandemic. And then you align that with the social determinants of health so that now that whole person view, including the fact that I may be homeless, and I have mental health issues, and because I do that, I can't get to the clinic. How can I help you get your needs met so that then you can get to health? I think we learned a lot about how do we continue to look at end-to-end, the care and the coverage, and then that benefit
0: that comes with focusing on equity for all. Yeah, I've always seen thought that, you know, Kaiser having that end-to-end view both sides as both the, the payer organization provider gives it a unique perspective that uh I know that I've always tried to learn from you know in our opportunities where we've been able to talk and, and work together. You know, all all this technology and you know, you're providing a lot of choice, and you know, and you have I'm sure you could give us great numbers on what which of your patients are taking advantage of the choice of technology? How does an organization like Kaiser think about the data opportunity and the data challenges? Talk a little bit about kind of your, your data strategies as, as an organization and how you balance the opportunity with the risks around, around health related data.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know this well, Tom, especially, uh, with the areas that you leave, especially in the healthcare data field. I think one of the things that we've always started with as a foundation is that, uh, the member, the patient data is paramount that is protected, that it is their data, not our data, and that we make sure that it is protected. And then based on what we need to do to provide the care and coverage for that member, for that patient. That's how the data gets used. And so as part of that, and this is the beauty of our integrated delivery system is that we can protect it in our integrated delivery system. I think lots of opportunities for malfeasance or bad actors happen when you have these leaks or things can get outside. And so through partnerships where we all together in a partnership agree to certain technology and security standards to ensure everything's secure, and we follow those rules and guidelines, that enables us to, one, number one, protect the data, but then, two, leverage the insights. I'll use the perfect example of the Unitas platform where we work with nonprofit so that we can now take social information combined with health data to help in the primary care office visit help solve the social issues of that member patient based on them agreeing that they need and want the help. So that's a perfect example of when you talk about the broader data and then making sure that you leverage it for the right reasons, we always focus on the right reasons and the right outcomes.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because, you know, in in, in the circles that, that that I'm working in, there's a lot of talk about data. You spoke to, you know, the, the data is the patient's data. Your organization is trying to protect it, but also a lot of talk about biases in the data and the perpetuation mm-hmm. of health disparities rather than the closing of gaps. Mm-hmm. Well, talk a little bit about what that conversation looks like within Kaiser's, uh, you know, Kaiser's oh, people. oh, absolutely. I think that the beautiful
1: thing is that um, one of the foundations of the founding of Kaiser Permanente that started with Dr. Sidney Garfield, uh, working with Henry J. Kaiser, is that he was really uh, visionary in leveraging technology and information and data at that very early stage and focused on evidence-based medicine. Right. And as you and I know, Tom, the evidence goes down to the individuals who are sort of providing the results and determining the rules for how you provide the results. And so sometimes there can be biases in the development of those rules and especially when those rules guide the software that then produces the outcomes. So. How do you get down to that foundational level of the people making the rules and having an inclusive, uh, diverse, um, focused on belonging in the rulemaking? So this is where when we get down into systems and you know this well, Tom, how do we bring a perspective that is inclusive uh, of folks that normally wouldn't get invited to the room? And they're the ones at the underlying rulemaking of developing that code and the guidelines for how it gets done. And you're working on some great stuff with the UC system to do that. I know OCHIN is working on some wonderful stuff, and we are as well at Kaiser Permanente. But foundationally, that approach is really going to be how we change the whole world. And really, when you talk about equitable outcomes with an equitable lens, it's something that has to be done.
0: That's fantastic. Why should the next generation want to join you and become part of the future of health and technology?
1: I sponsor, and it, as part of uh, Kaiser Permanente uh, in Northern California, I sponsor administrative fellowships, where we take folks finishing master's degrees, usually in uh, in in healthcare management or or other fields and we bring them in for 12 to 18 months to let them get exposed to the end-to-end system and i would say that more than anything in the last five years for the folks that have been through the fellowship at least when you get into the healthcare system and you really understand it at this its base level and you know anything about technology it is so wide open for the possibility for technology to revolutionize it. I mean, what happened in the high tech industry with retail, and, and even if you look at the airline industry and you look at cars and you know, self-driving cars, all that stuff still hasn't been done yet in healthcare. And for young folks looking for that career with technology and health, I think it's a perfect time to be here.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting about healthcare, right? is for the top 10 fortune 500 companies are healthcare companies now Mm -hmm. it is here so so if you're driven by where is their opportunity and you know where the dollars flowing healthcare is a place that you'd want to be if that's your motivation but maybe more importantly and i think you know kevin and i and people who are in the industry it's a mission-driven industry yes and some people connect with that mission at 22 and some people at 62, but no one on this planet is not touched by healthcare, the healthcare system, disease. And so we can all identify it, you know, on a, you know, as a person level or as someone very close to me level. And so I think when people connect with that mission, the, the, the want to contribute is really, really strong. You know, and and you know, to Kevin's point about you know the need to have diversity within our ranks as an industry, it's incredibly important because the cultural background that comes with the patient is so important as part of you know the you know the interactions and the care and the follow up and who's part of the conversation. And so, I think when you kind of put this, like, this is an industry that is you know that is. High growth and scale, Mm -hmm. and also something that everyone can connect to why it's important. Uh, It it makes it a reason why everyone should, should look at it. Certainly, we have a lot of students who express an interest, even at an undergraduate level. You know, the subscriptions for our health informatics undergraduate course is oversubscribed every time we offer it. So we find even young people are very interested to understand this field uh, and certainly in the data space, Kevin, it's amazing how much it's like they want to understand the data that's in this space because when they think about machine learning and data science, they want to get into playing with that, you know, playing with that data. What could, what might I be able to do? It's awesome. I'm just kind of curious that you brought up the, you know, the genetics, to 3D print, printing organs, does Kaiser <laughs> see themselves in that business or you know or is that kind of we're going to let the academic medical center or specialty practices for doing those things practice that type of you know, do that type of procedure just kind of curious
1: as you probably know Tom I also sit on our I'm going to say um investment arm of Kaiser Permanente we have yeah. an investment arm where we invest in companies that impact the healthcare industry And so from the perspective of being a part of what that future is going to be, meaning that we don't have to do it ourselves, but we may want to influence it so that others can. And just like we with Mayo are partnered to invest in Medically Home, and we are now somewhere close to 400 patients where we're doing procedures that would normally be done in an OR, or procedure room we're doing it in their homes and so the investment part is the influence part so that now we get to influence from an equity lens and affordability lens so that it's available for all so you don't get the haves and the have-nots so it's not necessarily us doing it or getting into it but it's us directing and guiding so that when it does become commonplace everybody gets the benefit and value. So that's how we're playing it, playing it right now.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so, so it's kind of like Kaiser influencing the ecosystem, yeah. not just it's. You yeah. Know, doesn't draw, you don't draw your, your boundaries just around what your organization is, that's but right. it's, you know, where you can affect investment, future, you know, future ways that people could deliver care yeah. even if it's not through you. Right, like, like food is medicine. Food, we food is
1: medicine, huge. right. It's just huge. Yeah. And so, lots of investments in lots of these startups that are really taking food and literally replacing the pharmacist because you eat the right foods. I mean, it's just huge for the future. And so, playing in all those spaces are things that we do.
0: So, I always love, love talking to you, Kevin, because it's almost easy to forget that you have strong technology in your background. But the last question I'm going to give you today is ask you to put that technologist hat on yeah. and say, okay, go five, yeah. even 10 years out what are the technologies that you're excited about can make yeah. the biggest impact in health care for all
1: yes you know Tom. i think um, one of those technologies that i've been thinking about over the last four or five years and it's getting better and better every single year is really that focus on precision medicine genetics and that capability to really get upstream by studying the genome. And when you think about that capability combined with the ability, and, and some of this is starting to happen now, that leveraging my DNA to have a 3D printed organ of a heart or a lung or something like that, and just imagine if you do that in a way where you don't have to be wealthy or you don't have to have a Cadillac health insurance and you can get a kidney transplant or a lung transplant. I just think the possibilities in that entire space is just gonna be amazing. Another area that from a technology perspective that I'm really, really keen to, to to see it uh really get to the next level is we're really starting to see, and, and you do a lot of this too with the work that you do, is artificial intelligence and machine learning, right, for good. And that is how do we really have it be an enabler and have it be a support function for the clinicians, for the staff, for the system to reduce weights, to do the checking so you get to higher quality and also to take out the administrative burden, so it is more affordable. So I just think that as we do that the right way, that's going to be huge in the next few years as well.
0: That's fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there for today, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, working with you on the Ocean Board is, is, is just been a joy and a pleasure, and I br- love what you bring to our conversations there, and I love what you brought to our conversation here. So thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. Have a great day.